Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. So I watch a, a show. Um, I watch, if you go through my DVR, what you're going to find is um, an old person. Because uh, I, I'm, I'm an old person who believes that I'm some of my heroes. Uh, some of my heroes are those of you who know how to build things. Um, I don't know how to build things. So I have a lot of shows that are either like uh, um, building or I have construction type things. And uh, one of the shows I also have, it's, it's big equipment. And it's like, ugh. Um, but I'm not that dude. And so I enjoy watching others uh, get dirty on a show called uh, Gold Rush. So anybody enjoy Gold Rush? Anybody? All right. There's a few friends. So with, uh, with Gold Rush, essentially, they're just up in the Klondike, up, uh, up in Alaska and, and uh, mostly in Canada, and they're digging for gold. It's the, the, the dream. And uh, so in this show, though, one of the things that I saw, number one, you're just going to see how much effort and money and labor goes into pulling out these little flakes of gold from the ground. Um, but then as they go, they, they, they refine it and they pull it in and then they go and they weigh it up in a counting room. They have to clean the gold off the best they can. But then there's one last process and it's a smoldering process. Essentially, they put it into the refiner's fire and it pulls out the um, impurities. And when we think of that, uh, all of us have seen that kind of picture in our lives. When we think about that, we think about the fact that, 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 that oh, well, we're purifying the gold. But if you think about what it means, it's not really that the gold is becoming purified. The gold was always the gold. What you're really doing is you're just taking out the stuff that, didn't, that is not gold, right? So we say, we call it, we're purifying the gold. But really what it means is we're just separating what is gold and what is not. And so in our lives, I really think this idea of, of purification when we think about it in terms of our spiritual lives, when we think about it in terms of love, what we often think when we hear purity or purification, what we do is we kind of go straight to the fire. We're like, no, I don't want that. It's painful. It hurts. I don't want. But really all it is, is simply it's not um, making something more pure. It's essentially just identifying what is already true and right that is present. Now, the purification process, obviously, it takes some work to get there. But you're going to see in 1 John 3, it talks about some purification in us that, uh, that comes with true love. And so I want to talk to you about today uh, love and uh, love being pure, love being pure. The thing I really believe as I start and as I talk to you, and you've been here more than a week or two, you understand this about me. I, I genuinely believe that everybody um, has a desire inside to be, to be loved. We have a desire to be known. We have a desire to be loved. But our broken places, our broken pieces in us um, pre prevent that. Sometimes it happens because we hide and we conceal and we pull back. Other times, it's the brokenness in others that keep us from being loved because I was rejected or not accepted or not loved by people that should love me. And as a result, I'm not able to really get to pure love. And so I'll often take the, the, the best um, opposite or, or other remedy. So I'll settle for something. And it may not be pure. 
It may have some impurities in it. It may have some brokenness in it, but I'll take that over just not being loved at all or not loving others at all. And my friends, my encouragement to you today when we look at the scriptures is that we're called, Christ has called us to, uh, to, to receive his love and then to be his love. But in order to do that, we've really got to ask ourselves, what are we projecting? What are we sending out? And what did we receive? We received pure love from God. But man has a habit, mankind has a habit of adding things to God's love. And sometimes they can come from one extreme or the other. And one extreme could be we're going to add religious ritual. We're going to add barriers. We're going to add checkpoints to love. And on the other side, we, we so dilute what love is that everything goes in love. And so we're cool with that too. But somewhere in there is a, just the pure essence of love. So I hear all the time, people are just like, hey, God is love, God is love, God is love. Here's the funny thing. We all have a different definition. And so if we all have a different definition of love, and we're all saying that God is love, and God loves us, and we should love others, we should just be love to the world, we really got to say, man, what is pure love? What does that look like? In a different but a uh, coinciding kind of pattern, um, Paul said, hey, you know, pure and faultless religion, it's to look after the orphan and the widow. So this idea of, of purity in faith, this idea of purity in, in love is not a bad one. All it is, is it's saying, hey, you know what? There is a love that comes from God. There is a love that God is about. There is pure love. And then when, it, when human hands get a hold of it, we tend to put our fingerprints, our imprints, our attitudes, our background, our brokenness, our pain, and we mix it in like a salad, and then we give it out to others. And we say, well, that's love. And what we're saying is, well, it's love as I see it. And that's love as I've processed it. And that's love from the brokenness that I am. And so that's love to me. And it, and it is, but is it pure love? Or did it get conflated with some other stuff that we've got to look at? So 1 John 3 talks about this. Uh, and that's what we're going to dive into today. I want to read the whole uh, passage, 1 to 10 at least, and then we'll break it all down. It says this, 1 John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. Man, I want to preach. But look at that. See what kind. Everybody say, what kind? See what kind of love has been given to us. We talked last week, if you weren't here, go find it online. We talked last week about the fact that it is God that is the author of love. It is the identity of God to be love. And so that love, the love that we give out to others does not come from up within ourselves. It's not mankind's idea. Love is God's plan. Love is God's idea that he's given to us. And so when we give out love, we've got to ask, what are we giving out? What, what, what am I selling? And, and so he has given us a certain type of love, pure love. That's what he's given to us. What are we giving away to others? And so it begins with saying, you know what? See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we shall be called children of God. And so we are. We'll get to that in a moment. The reason why the world doesn't know us is that it didn't know him. Again, purity. If we're doing it right, if we're receiving it right, 
If we're giving away what was given to us without us getting in the middle of it, we're giving away God's pure love. The reason why the world doesn't know us is that it didn't know him. Meaning that, that, that when we're walking in that purity of love and we are as children, we're reflecting that. There may be times someone else says, hey, I don't know if that's very loving. Beloved, beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him does what? Purifies himself as what? As he is pure. Everyone who hopes in him. Right now, we, we can't quite see the fullness of his purity. But everybody who hopes in Jesus, everybody who's hoping in Jesus, they do something. They, they purify themselves. They go through this process that says, you know what? It's not a shame. It's not an embarrassment. It's not a bad thing for me to say, you know what? I was broken before I met the Lord. And, and, and scripture that says that, you know what? In fact, that he so loved us that while we were still sinners, he died for us. There has never been a perfect person to come to faith in Jesus. Never. And so why would we think the moment that we met Christ, we have no, nothing else to work out? And then the scripture says, hey, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Meaning, always be adamant about the fact that until you reach heaven, and until there is no more sin in your heart, there's no more um, thoughts that, uh, of wickedness, there's no, no more impurity. Until you get to that place, you're not there yet. And so there needs to be a little humility. And everyone who hopes in him purifies themselves. Meaning that they go in and they just go, you know what? There's a part of me that is pretty awesome. But everything that's really, really, really awesome about me came from Jesus. I learned something. I adjusted something. I changed something. I acknowledged a broken place in myself. And, and everything that, that is good in me came from him. And so what I'm doing in purification and purity, what I'm doing is acknowledging something so, so simple, so elementary, that you know what? All good things, the scripture says, every good gift comes down from the Father of lights. So all the purity, the pure gold, the pure love, all of that that's pure came from God. I didn't add to it. I didn't let my brokenness fall into it and then package it and send it out. I, I, didn't, I didn't create a new version of it. I just simply passed it along, what was given to me. I, I, I told you last week, like, how do you love people that are different from you? How, how do we do that? Purity. Well, what do you mean? Doesn't purity mean like find all the sin and all the brokenness? That's part of it. But purity also means I don't need to add my own attitude. I don't, I don't need to add my own judgment. I don't need to add my own opinions. I don't need to add anything. I just need to pass along what was given to me. And what was given to me is at a time when I was broken, at a time when I was hurting, at a time when I was full of sin and full of unrighteousness, and, and, and bound for eternity, separated from God. In that moment, what was given to me was God's relentless pursuit of me. 
What was given to me was God's son who laid himself down and died for me in my most broken place. But doesn't purity mean that we point out their brokenness? No. I mean, what it means is we point to love. And we point to the scriptures and we say, this is how I understand love to be and seek the Lord yourself and, and, and we'll get there together. And there's times I, I told somebody the, um, the other day, I said, you know what? Uh, when I'm 45, I pray to God I'm better as a human than I am today. When I'm 50, I pray to God I'm even better than I was at 45. Why? Because I genuinely believe that I've been given a pure love from my heavenly father but it's being polluted by the world around me. It's being polluted by my own sinful self. Romans 7 talks about this battle that rages within us. If you want to understand this more, go read Romans chapter 7. It's like, hey, the stuff that I know I should do, I don't do. And then the stuff that I do do, I know I shouldn't be doing. And there's this inward battles. There's a spirit in the flesh that's always there. And so for us, when we think about pure love, what it means is that, that over time, I want to let go of all that is impure, all that's added on, all that is extra. Love itself doesn't change. God is the alpha, the omega, the beginning, and the end. However, what does change is how pure is the love I'm giving out? And how much have I added to it? How much have I tried to create something that wasn't there? Everyone who makes a practice of sinning, everybody say practice. I want you to understand that because every, everybody uh, is a, a sinner. Like, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. We can make a song about that maybe, but it wouldn't be fun. Nobody would buy it. But everybody has a sin. We're all affected by it. However, the scripture de de determined the difference between um, uh, falling into sin or swimming in sin. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sin, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. But this is evident, who are the, by this is evident, who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. I like that last line. Because in the middle of all of that, it's like, man, what practice of sinning and my practice of sinning. And maybe you are. And if, and if you are, it's just, it's good news to know where you stand. It's not a, 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 a terrible thing. When somebody finds out that their mate has been cheating on them, it's actually good news. It's terrible news in the moment. But you were living with infidelity anyway. So it's actually good news that you got the reality of what's going on. And I won't get an amen for it. But it's true. It was happening anyway. 
You weren't gaining anything by hiding it. So now it's out. So now we can deal with it. We can figure out where to go. But, but that's the kind of the picture is that the, the scripture is saying, hey, you know what? Like nobody goes, nobody has the purity of Christ in them. And nobody has repented and broken down and said, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need you to free me from this sin. And then they turn around and say, hey, but I want to keep swimming in sin. I, 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 I kind of want to do laps in sin. You know, I, I, I want to I do the, the, the breaststroke. I want to do the overhand. I want to do the backstroke in sin. Nobody does that. You do that be, if, you, if you have cognitive dissonance, and maybe we do, or you do it because you say, well, I haven't really accepted the purity of God's love for me. I kind of like it as an idea and a concept, but I'm not, I'm not given to it. I don't have the seed of Christ in me. What I have in me is a person that kind of wants to conflate everything and shape it in my own way, like we're making balloon animals and just pass along a little bit of God's love and a lot of me. And the scriptures say, no, 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 no. Like when you, when you know God's love for you, what you'll pass along to others is simply his purified love for them. Meaning, I'm not here to pass along my opinions and my attitudes and my own social constructs of everything. That's not what I'm here to pass along. What I'm here to pass along is just the fact that, man, God completely loves you. And the other person says, well, I'm, I'm stuck in this sin. Welcome to the club. Everybody who has ever received God's love was first on the other team. And so let's not make that the reason that you can't receive his love. Let's just keep talking about his love. Let's help you understand who he is. And then there's going to be a day when you finally say, you know what? I want that too. Purity is not so much going in and breaking yourself apart. Purity is simply saying, Lord, I want your love. All of it. And I don't want to add specks of dirt to it. I don't want to add my sin to it. I don't want to add my prejudice to it. What I want to do is I want to be able to fully receive the knowledge and the belief that you loved me even at my worst. And I want to be able to pass that on to the people around me free from my own judgments about them. And I believe that if those folks will receive you, they'll be on their journey too. And over time, you'll work out stuff. But it's not my job to add to it. The reason I said I like that last sentence, look at what it says. By this it is evident who are the children of God, who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Comma. Everybody say comma. Continued thought. Nor. Everybody say nor. Nor is the one who does not love his brother. You see, because a lot of times we can self-righteously be like, yeah, I'm not swimming in sin, bro. And, and then what we do is we turn around and we refuse to give out God's love because we have made judgments about where that person is in God's eyes. But the scripture says, no, no, no. It's not only that you're not supposed to be swimming in sin, but it's also that you're not so consumed with self-righteousness that you don't give love away to everybody. 
And so it says, it puts you in the category. If you feel that you're so self-righteous that you won't give love to somebody because of the sin that you perceive that they're in, then maybe, my friend, you don't have pure love. Maybe what you have is a billy club that you stole from the Bible so that you could try to hurt other people. And so with that comma, everybody say comma. The comma is a conjoined thought. So it says, hey, the person that doesn't have pure love is the one that keeps doing the backstroke and sin, comma, and the person that refuses to love their brother. So what we want is, back to the beginning, what we want is on the one hand, we want those that are justified by their own sense of self-righteousness to surrender to pure love. And we want those who are swimming in sin and who are passing along a fake version of what love is to come back to God and walk in purity as well. But we're not going to add to love with our own self-righteousness and good works and arrogance and pride And we're not going to add to what love is by saying that sin is acceptable. We're going to always seek out pure love with our lives. And my friends, I don't care who you are. I have several degrees and been to cemetery, I mean seminary. And when you're, I don't care who you are in this room, the scripture says, none are righteous, no, not one. And so all of us on either side of this equation are going to find ourselves constantly asking the Lord to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. Whether it's arrogance and pride because we believe we got it nailed down or whether it's behavior that is running contrary to Scripture, we've all, the Scripture says, all who hope in Jesus, all who hope in Jesus, will seek purity for themselves. So here's the funny thing. The people that run my slides are like, oh my gosh, he just preached a 30-minute introduction (laughs) because they know where my notes are. So here's the deal. I just preached this sermon. Now I'm going to give you the notes. Here we go. Verse 1, see what kind of love the Father has given. Everybody say, has given. Everybody say, what kind? There is a kind of love your Father in heaven has given you. Being his beloved gives us a new position. A new position. We are grateful recipients of God's love. Our position is that, that we have been changed. Our position is that we are the recipients. Why? Because he's given us this love. You and I do not manufacture love. You do not have a good manufacturing plant in yourself. Because in yourself is your selfish self, and in yourself is your sinful self. And so you and I, me included, will produce a broken version of love if we're left to ourselves. Because why? Because I want things. I want to win. I want to be right. 
I have pride. I have brokenness. And as a result, if I'm left to produce and manufacture love that goes out of the Tolly Wilgus uh, manufacturing plant, I'm going to produce something that's less pure than the, the metal that was given to me, the, the love that was given to me by God. I will be adding things all the time. And so as a result, I've got to understand in this whole love picture, I'm the recipient of love. I receive. Everybody say, I receive. I receive pure love from God. My job is to simply not get in the way and dirty it up. That's my job. So I receive a new position. Secondly, it says that we shall be called the children of God, and so we are. Beloved, everyone hopes in him, purifies himself, but we are called the children of God. Being his beloved gives us a new passport, not only a new position, but a new passport, a new identity. We shall be called the children of God. That is the identity that we are, and we have to own that identity. I, we are called a, ch a child of God. I'm a son. You're a daughter. We, we are children of God, and that's my new passport. I went over, uh, overseas to Costa Rica a few months ago, and when I um, landed, we went from the Dominican over to, the, to, to Costa Rica. When I got to Costa Rica, I guess the person that, that does the passport entry thought that I was um, Hispanic because they, or Latino, they, they, they called out to me in Spanish, and, and I, I know enough to get by, and so I started to talk to them in Spanish. Big mistake, because... <laughs> Then I get up to the, to the counter, and she asks a question, you know, um, about, you know, are, are you just arriving and all this stuff. And so in Spanish, I'm answering her. And then she just goes in like, she's like, oh, okay. And so she goes like full bore. She, and I'm like, whoa, slow down. I don't remember. And, and so I had to stop. And at this point, I, I was walking up to the, this was all happening as I was coming up to the passport. And so now I pulled out my passport. And in Spanish, I apologized. And I told her, I only had a couple of years in high school. But I'm not from, I'm not from the region. And then she switched over because she's smarter than me. And, and she communicated in English. But here's the thing. Why? I had to just show what my passport, my identity was. I, I had to say, man, I, you, maybe you thought I was local. Maybe, maybe my first few words, I bumbled through them and, and you were giving me the benefit of the doubt. But, but no, I'm, I'm sorry, white dude, Marilyn. Like, that, that's all I got for you. So, so, so I did. I had to show my passport. I had to show my identity. You know what you have to show every day to the people around you? You have to show your identity. And your identity is simply that you are a son or a daughter of God. If you're showing people something else, it is impure. It is getting in the way of love, and it is not what God needs you to do. Show your identity as a child of God. You get a new passport. Finally, it goes on down, and we just talked about swimming in sin. Being his beloved gives us a new practice. We purify ourselves as he is pure. And with that, I want to give you one more. We are not called to admire. We are called to aspire. You know, as Christians, what I hear when I sit and talk with people that are kind of still developing and figuring it out, and it's no big deal. That's kind of what we all should be doing. 
But there's a season as you mature in your faith. There's a season where you go from, from admiration to replication. You go from admiring the purity of God's love to aspiring to be able to give away the purity of God's love. You see, when you admire it, there's almost this by default separation, like I can't really ever attain that. So forgive me. And so we, we you know, you, you get shirts. I got a shirt the other day that said, uh, I'm saved, but I still got hands. <laughs> like, and we'll, we'll do this like stuff where, where we'll be like, you know, uh, you've heard I'm saved, but I cuss a little. You know, whatever. Like, it's just a joke. But the point is, is like what we're, what we're doing is we're kind of creating this separation to where we say, you know what? Pure love. Man, I admire that. I, I admire how other people can really just, just love. I, I, man, I admire that. They're awesome. Aren't they awesome? Like, have you ever met that person? That, that person is awesome. I, admire, I so admire that. But there comes something that happens in your life when you mature in your faith and you step your game up. You no longer are satisfied with just pointing out the purity of other people's love. You really begin to aspire. And you say, you know what? I don't want to just sit back and create a caste system where there are haves and have-nots in the kingdom of God of who has love. No, no, no. I want to join that because my identity, my passport says that I'm a child of God too. And if I'm not trying to pollute it, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to not be self-righteous and condemning and judgmental, but I'm also not going to be a person that washes away and forgives every kind of sin and act like that that's okay. I'm going to be a person that when I notice sin in myself, I'm going to shut it down and I'm going to say, you know what? No, no, no. I need pure love. And I'm not going to be a person that's self-righteous. I'm going to shut that junk down too because I'm linked up with the other side. If, if, if all I do is, is I just um, condemn others and I refuse to love my brother or my sister. So somewhere in there is pure love where I say, you know what, God? I just want to pass along what I received. And what I received was while I was still a sinner. My God in heaven loved me so much that Jesus came to die for my sin. And so when I'm dealing with someone else, I don't play judge, jury, executioner. The role I play is love giver. I love you. I love you. And I'm going to show it. And, and, and in showing Christ's pure love, I'm doing my best to get out of the way now, do I have opinions and thoughts and attitudes? Of course. But my job is, as a child of God is to pass along God's love for people and to not add my own condemnation. My job also is to honestly tell people, hey, you are labeled a child of God, but you're, this, is, this is sin. Help me understand. And along the way, we help each other in that journey. Because you realize, I got a text message from a friend that said, hey, 
I know I hadn't returned a few calls. And it's true, they hadn't. And they said, I just want you to know I'm going through a hard time. And I know if I talk to you, I'll have to talk about it. And they said, can you forgive me in advance? This is right where I am. We will talk soon. And I wrote back, no worries. I love you. I'm here. A long time ago, I would have made me not getting my call returned the most important part of that conversation. As I'm growing, I'm learning to take a step back and try to get out of the way of what God's trying to do in people's lives. And so this week, as we go, put handles on it. You're trying to give out pure love. You're trying to be a child of God. Show your new passport to the world. And what that really means is not that love itself has to change at all. It just simply means you and I have to get out of its way. Amen? Amen. Let's go live this week as though we are the beloved.